I love when a plan comes together. And so on a Friday night, no one I'd rather speak to more than Shay Bradley Farrell. She's a PhD and president of Counterpoint Institute for Policy Research. Thank you so much, Shay, for coming on tonight. Hey, Stacey. It is always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I'm I'm really like this is a perfect night for you to join us because we've had a whole week of Judge Brown Jackson at the confirmation hearing and it has been contentious and she's trended. Her daughter was trending for a photograph of her lovingly gazing at her mom while she was smiling during some of the questioning. But aside from the kind of puff pieces and, you know, nice, loving kind of flowery language surrounding the the judge. What did you make of her performance this week? Well, I, I honestly think that as a professional woman, she should be really embarrassed. Um, you were talking previously about some of the other issues. And one of the things that struck me, because I've worked a lot on women's issues and women's policy, is her so-called inability to define what a woman is, because she's not a biologist. Um, that. That's ridiculous. And here's, you know what, besides being absolutely ridiculous, here's the problem with someone sitting on the Supreme Court that doesn't know what a woman is. If she doesn't know how to define what a woman is, how in the world can she protect women against discrimination under the law? Um, she, was, she was asked that question, as you know, by Marsha Blackburn. Uh, Senator Blackburn also asked her, if she agreed with a statement uh, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg had made on the differences, uh, physical differences between men and women. And uh, Ginsburg said that those differences between male and female were enduring and they were non-fungible or meaning not interchangeable. And did Jackson agree with this? Well, Jackson went all over the place, all over the board and refused to answer it. Um, so one thing about that that I did want to discuss with you is a lot of people out there in the media have said, oh, well, she can't take a policy uh, stance. Well, I would argue that she did just take a huge policy stance because, mm-hmm. it, you know, to, to be pretty harsh about it, that's a lie. Of course, she knows that there are differences between men and women. And, of course, she can define what a woman is. And when she says that, she's taking a stance on this gender fluid insanity that has no place on the Supreme Court. Well, and there's also, and so as egregious as that was, there's more. I just, I thought it was one of those weeks where every day was a little bit worse than the day before because of her light sentencing on the the child pornographers. And then there was her, you know, inability to, obviously define the word woman and she's sitting there as a woman. Like it's not like she was sitting there as a transgender or a transgendered man. <laughs> she was sitting there as a, yeah. you know, heterosexual cisgendered woman and she refused to identify it. But she also, she defended critical race theory while simultaneously acting as if she didn't know what it was. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, she is obviously promoting the so-called progressive agenda. I don't, believe that it is progressive. I think it's very uh, anti-progressive. But I think that's the point. You know, Biden, uh, President Biden, he said his intent was to nominate a a woman, a female, who was was an African-American. First of all, let's understand that when he did that, he actually committed an unlawful nomination. 
because there's something out there called the Equal uh, Employment Opportunity Act, which, which prevents that discrimination on hiring on the basis of sex and gender. And then when she accepted the nomination under those terms, you know, she was essentially agreeing with his unlawful act. And I, I, I know that that sounds harsh, but we are facing so much insanity right now that I don't think we have room uh, not to be very direct. And um, to this point, interrupt me anytime you want to, this, this stance that she took on uh, fluid gender identity or transgenderism um, is really very indicative of the whole agenda that the Biden administration is trying to push. We see Democrats in Congress pushing this and the liberal left. When Biden got into office early January 2021, you know, one of his first executive orders actually encouraged schools to allow biological males identifying as women into little girls' locker rooms, bathrooms, and on their sports teams. And he set up a uh, gender policy council that also said it was going to focus on transgender rights. So everything he does having to do with women also conflates transgender issues with women. And um, uh, let me say one more thing, and then I'll shut up for a minute. But this is something people, your listeners, really need to understand, because I found a lot of Americans don't know this, go this is going on. There is something right now that has passed through the House called the Equality Act. It's in the Senate, and, and Biden and his administration have said that it's one of their goals during his term to push this act through. Now, this name sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Equality Act. Who doesn't want equality? Well, you got to read the bill. Like on so many different bills, um, the name is not what really the bill is about. This bill redefines our civil rights law um, and takes the word sex, which is actually a category of non-discrimination, um, and replaces that word also with sexual orientation and gender identity. What that means in real terms is, you know, we saw a few weeks ago um, this biological male, Leah Thomas, who swept through the NCAA uh, swimming championships on the women's, uh, in the women's races. Um, this kind of thing will become, will become enshrined into our civil rights law and we'll be, uh, it won't be abnormal anymore. We won't be talking about it on the news anymore because it will, it'll be a way of life in America and totally remake our society. And that's the goal. So, so it's the people who have the worst ideas who want to remake our society into something that none of us want. And it's not like we all came together and we're hankering, hey, we need someone to come in. And help us remake our society. We, want, we don't like this society. It's the people who have actually done the least to contribute to our society who want to tear it down and make it remake it into something that none of us would recognize. So, you know, the points that you're making are so important because we need to understand how they operate so that we can put a stop to it. I absolutely agree. And that is going on in so many different issues. Uh, you and I talked. I guess about a month ago, uh, about the border crisis. And the reason we have a border crisis, two and a half times the amount of fentanyl coming across the border, which, as we discussed, is the number one killer of our young people, is because the Biden administration will not enforce uh, the rule of law. 
and and that word law is the key there. We have immigration law because we are a society of legal process, the rule of law, and American values and principles, but they will not enforce the law that is already there. Um, so it's, it's madness. Um, you know, and, and Judge Jackson, I think, reflects this as well. She, uh, as you had mentioned, on the U.S. Sentencing Commission, she advocated for eliminating the mandatory minimum sentence sentences for child pornographers. And then when she got on the bench herself, every single case, um, according to Senator Josh Hawley, that they could find on record, uh, she gave a much, uh, a much reduced sentence to child pornographers. But if you understand what's going on all over the, all over the country, the major U.S. cities that are run by liberals, where there's rioting and looting and um, further reduction in uh, mandatory sentences and not actually convicting people for the crimes that they've committed, this is a, a normal thing for the liberal left. It's normal for them, and it's shocking for us. And so I, I know, and this is what you do at Counterpoint Institute, you, you spread the truth, you kind of inspire people to get out there and also become active within their area and, and you know, the, the, it's all of us who have to become involved to get this taken care of. I, I, I don't want to let our interview go too much further in without people understanding the Counterpoint Institute for Policy Research and Education. Talk to us about what you do there and what just how people can interact with your organization. Well, you kind of hit on it, Stacey. We do expose the truth about what's going on. Uh, we focus on national security and foreign policy, but we have found ourselves more and more uh, also focusing on America's cultural foundations because if America uh, loses our society, if it is remade into this thing that we cannot even recognize any longer, we will no longer be that light for the world. We will not be able to uh, form foreign policy that makes any sense that is good for America. But um, we do expose the truth about what's going on. We do real investigations. Uh, for example, like you and I had talked about before, we go down to the border and we find out what's really going on down there. We talk, we, uh, talk to the ranchers and local businesses and law enforcement. And uh, I'm saying this because I'm going again next, uh, next month. Um, to do an update on what's really going down there because uh, the media is not reporting on it. You know, we have been so focused on Ukrainian sovereignty and independence, which I'm not uh -huh. against that. But <laughs> at the same time, we've forgotten about our own sovereignty at our U.S. border, and our border is under attack by the Mexican cartels. So anyway, um, we do the real investigations. We do the real research, and I would love uh, – for anybody who's so inclined to uh, support us by com becoming a partner, you know, join us on social media. I'm going to be doing live blogs down at the border uh, next month, uh, updates, uh, you know, support us with funding if you're so inclined. These things aren't free, but uh, we would just love to hear from your listeners. And I, I really appreciate your support as well, Stacey. So I, I'm just so glad to do it because ever since we first spoke uh, on on a podcast, I thought to myself, this is exactly what we need because you just you just mentioned it again. The thing that you all do at Counterpoint that I find so helpful and needful in this situation is 
actually going to the border and reporting because we don't have news organizations who'll do that anymore. It's so bad. The situation's mm-hmm. so terrible that they just they won't go down there because it would cause an uproar within our country if people really understood what was going on. So we get it hidden from us, but it's still going on. That that's the big deal. It's still going on, but we just aren't having it reported to us as Americans. And and you made an excellent point. Shay, why are we only hearing about Ukraine? Why is that our primary thing to think about right now? And uh, notice COVID has disappeared because the election is coming. So the narratives are being moved before our very eyes. (laughs) Well, you said the reason right there. Um, We have to focus on Ukrainian sovereignty because uh, if people do know what is really going on at the border here um, in the United States, then he will continue to lose uh, points in the polls. Um, But. What you said also just a second ago is right. We need to be in an uproar. And you know what? I am a uh, half a glass full kind of girl. (laughs) Um, And uh, I like to look on the bright side of stuff. I don't like to be negative. Um, I'm just being truthful here. If Americans don't wake up a little bit more and say, no, no longer, you won't take away my freedom of speech. You're not going to tell me that a man is a woman. Um, I don't care uh, whether it's in the media or, um, you know, excuse me, social media or jobs. More of us just have to stand up for our, our freedom of speech, the rights given to us as Americans. And uh, that's what we're trying to do at Counterpoint Institute, Stacey. Uh, it's, it's just very crucial. Um, I could say a lot about Ukraine. You know, that's a, another situation. But He's taking he is taking the spotlight off of their failures because he's starting to worry about the midterm elections, which honestly, I just don't see how they can turn it around at this point. (laughs) So I'm right here with you thinking, how could they possibly pull it out? But you know what? We've seen them do worse. So we have to be on our guard, informed, doing the very most we can and also telling people just exactly what you do at counterpoint you bring these issues to the forefront so that people can't ignore them so that we can't ever take the the position that well well i just didn't know about it actually yeah you did you knew about it and and here we are so we're going to continue to tell the truth and we'll have you back obviously to talk especially when you start your border reporting we're going to start to have you on to to really give us that firsthand uh, recount oh, of what super. is going on there. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting. I, I, you're the only person I know who's planning on going in, in the near future. So we're very excited to have you well, as a part of our that, uh, show. Yeah, the, 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 we, well, thank you, Stacey. And we know the vice president's not going, so somebody's got to go. Um, and I, I, you gave me the opportunity to say this, and I didn't do it. But we're at counterpointinstitute.org, counterpointinstitute.org. And we focus on a lot of issues. You know, we promote national sovereignty, free markets, uh, the right to life, uh, family, religious liberty. And uh, we would just really love uh, y'all's support in any way you can. Perfect. So we will be, um, the link will be again. You can also listen to her previous interviews if you go to StaceyOnTheRight.com and put in her name in the search bar. It'll come up for you. You can listen there. Um, But for tonight... 
Thank you so much. We'll have another link on the show notes for tonight's program where people can find Counterpoint Institute. Uh, if, especially if you're driving, never fear. The link will be there later whenever you reach your destination. Shay Bradley Farrell, PhD and president of Counterpoint Institute for Policy Research and Education, at Shay Garrison18 on Twitter. Thank you, friend. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, Stacey. And I'm going to be looking for your book. Good job. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much. I'm just so glad to be on the other side of that. <laughs> Thanks for, for, for mentioning it. All right. You can join us tonight at 866-957-2874. We'll be right back. 